let's get into maybe some of the questions or kind of concerns that maybe some of the people that you're working with are experiencing. All right. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of South Florida Real Estate Radio Podcast. We really appreciate you joining us uh, month in and month out. Um, And good morning to you, Dave. How are you? Matt, I'm good. No complaints. It's just been a really wild ride the last 30 days. But yes, feeling good. Family's good. And most important, the, the weather's changed down here. So it's getting back to normality for our fall. And you can go outside and enjoy it. Yeah, I know. It's been so nice Change, uh, the last couple of days. So uh, before we get started into our state of the market uh, episode, I just wanted to share some stats with our listeners and thank them for all their support first and foremost. But uh, I thought some things were really, really interesting. So uh, from a geographic location, uh, roughly 97% of our listeners are in the United States. Uh, but we've also got some international stuff happening, too, which is really exciting. We've got listeners from Ireland, Israel, Chile, Brazil, uh, Germany, Singapore, Puerto Rico, Canada, just to name a few. So I thought that was really cool. That is amazing. That's good to hear that. Yep. Uh, within the United States, uh, we've got 79% of our listeners are from Florida, which is uh, definitely expected, obviously, yeah. with South Florida Real Estate Radio. And that's kind of our main audience. But I thought the other, so that's 79%. That means 21% of our audience is from somewhere else in the country. So, you know, if I asked you where you would think they would be from, like the traditional answers might be like New York or, yeah. uh, you know, New Jersey and, and things of that nature. Right. But our second most listened to state is actually Washington. My, that is strange. Yep. I wouldn't have brought that one up. Yep. Then Virginia, Ohio, Iowa, Texas, Vermont. Then we hit New York. Uh, Georgia, Colorado, Oregon, Connecticut, and then the list just goes on and on throughout the states. But those are the top 10 states. So that was really interesting, too, when you take a look at that. Very, very interesting. Yeah. 69% of our uh, listeners are male, and then 30% are female, and then 1% are other. So we'll just leave that at that. But uh, So that's kind of our gender. Age is very interesting. So this is this is another really surprising one to me. So if I asked you kind of what you thought our you know uh, most popular demographic, all right, Matt, you know this is a guess, but taking into consideration it's a podcast, I would say I would say somewhere in the mid forties. Yeah, yeah, I would probably say the same thing. I'd probably say like you know maybe you know look. 40s to like maybe 50s would be our number one demographic for age. But our number one demographic for age at 34% of our listeners are 23 to 27 years old. Isn't that telling you something? I think wow. that's amazing and super exciting that, uh, you uh-huh. know, those younger folks are getting into real estate and interested in real estate and so on and so forth. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, then the demographics you and I spoke about are the next highest, which is the 40 to 50 range. Uh, we've got about 19% uh, 
And then the 50 to 60 range, we've got about 18%. So those are really, really even. So yeah, number one demographics, 23 to 27 is 34% of our listeners. That's exciting. It's really telling you that they are looking for good information out of the box. Yeah, so those are uh, so just some stats. And again, we want to thank everybody for their support. And thank you for listening to us. And, uh, you know, if you can leave us a rating or review uh, or share it with your friends and family, anything to kind of like uh, boost it so we can get into more people's homes and try and help and educate more people, uh, the more the better at the end of the day. Absolutely. Wonderful, guys. All right. So, Dave, a couple of things we want to cover today in our State of the Market po- podcast. So I, I really want to kind of nail down three or four things by the end of it, which is one, can we keep this momentum up going forward and throughout 2021? What can we expect in 2021 is number two. And then I want to really kind of dive a little bit into, um, you know, what we're seeing on the news and some of the media headlines. And there's a lot of fear mongering out there. And, you know, I think when you separate kind of the media and then the fear mongering and then look at the real data of what's happening. Right. Uh, the headlines are really doing more to kind of terrify. Of course. Uh, as opposed to maybe clarify. Um So I want to jump into that. And then, of course, we definitely want to look at the data because the data is the truth. And that's what's really telling the true story. Absolutely. Cool. All right, man. So tell us uh, a little bit about what you've been doing for the last month and kind of what you're seeing in the market. Well, market right now here in South Florida, especially in Broward County and Palm Beach County, is going wild right now. Our inventory I feel is more than 35% lower year over year than it was last year. Statistics are telling us it's only 35%, but when you're in the field, it doesn't feel like that. It feels like there's just nothing for sale. You know, every time we get a listing, we're getting, when we talk multiple offers, we're getting between the low end, maybe five or six offers all the way up to what, 25 the other day that we had last Thursday. It's just out of control. So that's what I'm feeling. I'm feeling a lot of pressure um, on the buy side. I am feeling a lot of relief if when we're on the, the listing side. So if you're a seller, be relieved. It's the best market's ever this has ever been. And I'm going back 25 years in these areas, and it's just never been this way before. Even when we had our high turn in 2004 to 2006. This is phenomenal. So that's what I'm feeling out there. Something comes on the market. And it's in fairly good condition and and it looks okay it's pretty much going to be sold if it's priced correctly and even then it's we we, we can I'm, I'm seeing even on my ones and i think you can can have this i won't call it a problem but a good problem that they a lot of people are buying cash and they're paying a lot more than what we call the closed statistics going back even 90 days they're paying more than those figures and they they seem to be pushing the bar up so Yep, that is, it's a wild time. What are you feeling? You feeling the same or not? Yeah, I'm feeling a lot of the same. And I, I think I could probably help you with uh, when you say that, you know, inventory's down. I think in Broward County, it's about 35%. All over South Florida, it's roughly about 39%. But yeah. so when you take that listing inventory that you were talking about being down, and then you do the mathematics and put it in conjunction with the sales, which are, 
positive cells, right? Mm-hmm. So um, the change in ho- changed enclosed properties and pending properties is up roughly, depending on where you're at, whether it's Palm Beach or Broward, you know, different communities also vary too, but it, it's anywhere roughly up from 11% in some areas to 25% in other yep. areas, right? Yep. So then when you take that negative 35% listing that you were talking about in conjunction with sales are up 10 to 25%, then your delta is anywhere from, you know, anywhere from really 46% up to about 70% delta. Yep. So that's why the inventory squeeze is really, really, you're feeling it the way you are. Absolutely. And it's unusual, guys. This is phenomenal. Yeah. So, uh, so then, of course, you look at month's supply of inventory, and you guys have heard us say this on podcasts before, but the supply is, uh, is down, depending on Palm Beach County is 2.4, all South Florida is 2.5, uh, and then Broward is cresting right around just over 2% or two months at 2.2. So it's inventory is way, way, way down. So when we talk those kind of numbers, that kind of gives you an idea. We, we usually look at, what are we looking at? Maybe four to one or five to one, five listings for one sale or to be average on an average, average marketplace. And right now, we're not even close. Yeah. And uh, that's just here in South Florida. When you look at kind of the nationwide stats, um, you know, we can, let me pull it up here real quick. You've got showings are up 60.7%. Mortgage applications nationwide are up 25%. Pending deals nationwide are up 21.8%. Existing home sales are up 10.5% nationwide. New home sales, so new construction, is up 43% nationwide. Right? That's amazing. So you look at all that and all these stats, Zillow, the NAR, so on and so forth. So when you combine those numbers with existing home inventory down 39% and new home inventory down 33%, that huge delta is why everybody's feeling the crunch. Yep. You're looking at what, 40 plus 40, that's an 80% swing. It's huge. So... The housing market recovery index, um, which basically takes four components. We've talked about this before, but it's demand, supply, price, and time on market. Um, we were at a low with a baseline being kind of in, in February. On, on February 1st, they're using the baseline as a 100 there. Um, it was at a low of 83.1% in the beginning of May to now it's at a high of 107.2%. Wow. So, you know, that's the housing market recovery index and it's showing that it's, uh, you know, clearly been recovering very, 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 very well. Uh, You talk, sometimes we we talk about that V uh, um, in, in how things change starting uh, at a point going down and going up, but we are looking at that V and we are actually past that, that, the, the point we were at before the market hit the wall in February. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. So uh, the other thing that I've been noticing in the market besides, 
what we just spoke about is the condo market has probably like in the last 30 to 60 days, I feel is starting to make a bit of a little bit of a comeback. Have you felt the same thing or not? Not really yet. Um, I would say under 300,000, yes. But look, you've got to remember that's early days. Um, our, our South Florida condo market is, is pretty much controlled by the movement of the winter and the summer months. And now we're going into winter and we're going to have that, that new influx of buyers who are very condo based, which is going to explode. Uh, I don't know if it's going to explode like it did in the past. I think a lot of folks are going to stay at home, especially a lot of the Canadians. They kind of controlled with their social medical that they can't come down. So that might differ a little. But do I think is it improved what compared to what it was two months ago? Absolutely. There's more activity. And I think it'll just get better uh, right after Thanksgiving. You're going to see, I think you're going to see another V there. Yeah. So the month's supply of inventory for condos, which if you remember about two months ago when we were doing a podcast was in, in around the 6.6 months of inventory for South Florida is now down to five months. Now, again, you know, that's still a little bit higher than what's happening in the market right now with all Mm -hmm. of housing. Uh, but that's come down about a month, month and a half right okay. there. Now, that's a huge then, jump. Yeah, pretty big jump. So that looks like that's making a little bit of a comeback, which is nice to see. And for me specifically, I can just, you know, share, you know, three condo stories and I'll, I'll make it pretty quick. But um, I had two condo listings. Uh, one of them went under contract about a month ago and mm-hmm. is going to close next week. Uh, another one has significantly more action and showings than it's had, uh, you know, this one I listed back in March. So all summer long, and now it's really getting shown a lot again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on a buy side, I actually had a buyer that I helped buy a condo and we closed on that one about a week and a half, two weeks ago. So, you know, I'm seeing personally a little bit of movement in the condo market too, which, you know, over the summertime, we didn't see any. So that's uh, that's all pretty good too. Good signs. Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm just thinking back right now. I remember in, in the, uh, the beginning of March, I would say about ninth to about the thirtieth. Uh, that period there, uh, uh, I was fortunate enough to represent a couple buyers um, purchasing condos and townhouses. And at that point, everybody was jumping off buildings as sellers because they thought the world was ending. And I looked at those guys what they paid and what their value was today. And, and you, you're talking a couple of months. And on an average, that jump has between the low end was five. My high end was almost 9% in those those two buildings that I was using just in that time period. So there's definitely been a movement upward. Yeah. So um, let's get into maybe some of the questions or kind of concerns that maybe some of the people that you're working with are experiencing. All right. The biggest concern that that I'm feeling, and I I, I do predominantly listings, is that the, the, the sellers themselves are nervous, believe it or not, because the property is selling so quickly. So their, their plan of their exit strategy is kind of moving too quickly that timeline don't say that very often but it's kind of a first time in a long time nice problem to have but that is definitely a concern 
They're mm-hmm. also concerned that they might be leaving money on the table, which is actually a little unrealistic, but it's it's always like it. We always think that we might leave um, a few dollars on the table um, because we're kind of selling at the wrong time, and I don't think it's real. Um, the values at the moment are, are, are phenomenal. I don't know if they're going to keep rising at the rate they are because I think we're kind of getting very close to a level where the local Floridians can afford a certain amount of money every month. And I think we're starting to hit that number, even with the low interest rate. Yeah, I think that's a really, really big concern. On the buyer's side, I would say probably some other challenges and concerns they're having are obviously finding inventory. Um, And then number two would be when they do find inventory or something that they do like how to really compete in a multiple offer situation. Wow. Yeah. So I think those are some of the biggest concerns from a buy side folks are having. And then of course, like you stated, absolutely a hundred percent on the list side is okay. So if I sell my house right now, you know, where do I go? Right. Totally. Totally. Yep. Well, you got some ideas how to, to help these guys because I know you and I a lot of the time are on the other side of the coin. So we can kind of help a lot of these buyers and buyers agents to give them some, some good ideas to maybe help them compete better when the office come in. Yeah. I mean, so first and foremost, we did a podcast probably about two or three, no, maybe even four months ago now called how to win and how to buy in today's market. Right. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely, recommend listening to that because it gets into all of the specifics. But um, a couple tips and tricks I would say would be, you know, obviously contacting the listing agent, having a conversation, you know, uh, asking them kind of what the seller's looking for, what the terms and conditions would look like to, um, you know, because some sellers might need to sell right away and be out of there in three, three weeks and other sellers might need a, you know, couple months to find a new place. So really kind of talking to the listing agent and kind of finding out what the seller's needs are and catering your offer to those needs and then making the cleanest possible offer with the best terms and conditions. Totally agree. I wrote down a list um, after the last couple of listings that we had, and I'd like to share them. Not very many, but very, very basic. And if you're the buyer and this is your first or your second time that you're you're coming up against this. These are things that that, that really make a difference. Whatever the asking price is, don't lowball the offers. Look at the numbers. Listen to your your buyer's agent. Too many contingencies. The less contingencies you put in that offer, the better it's going to look toward that seller. Very important as well. No verification of financing or proof of funds. When you present that offer, make sure that you are fully approved, not just um, over the phone, but with all paperwork. Too long or short of a closing timeline. Listen to what the listing agent is saying so that the expectations of the seller fall in line with yours. Very, very important. Repair requests. Uh, we had requests the other day that that were uh, standard in a normal market of 15 days to do an inspection. It didn't work for us, so we were. I think we got away with zero on those, right? 
on that last trade. Yep. yep. They they if you wanted to to buy that specific home. There was no there was no inspection period and there was no repair request. If it was, the offer wasn't even looked at. Short expiration time of the offer. Think make sure of that. Again, I'm going to reiterate this too long of an inspection period. Make it as short as possible. So it looks more more confident that you're going to move forward, makes that offer less contingent on the side of the seller. Too little earnest money. Show your show how serious you are and put money into your trust account. It's so important. Um, don't go against what the listing agent says. The majority of listing agents out there, when they talk with you, they're talking from a position of authority as the uh, as the emissary for that seller. Listen to what they're saying. They're not blowing smoke. Very important. Things that came up are, are on the last group as well. Agents were in too much of a hurry. Incomplete offers, missing paperwork, incorrectly yeah. filled out papers. Sloppy. Yeah, just sloppy, mm. sloppy work. Yeah. Terrible. Guess what? Those aren't even going to get looked at. When, when there's 20 offers on, on a house, you better believe that yours is incomplete. It's going to go to the side. People don't have time to play. Poorly organized offer packages, which is part of the sloppy. Not paying attention to offer instructions that have been given to you through the multi-listing service or the listing broker. Listen, poor communication with the listing agent, emailing an offer without follow-up, or even the other way around, first follow-up, then email. And this one came up, and I, I laughed about it because it actually happened to us last week as well. Aggressive or condescending communication from the buyer's agent toward us as listing agent. You can't do that. You know, you've got to listen and, and, and take it all in. You can't, you can't do that in, in, a, in a seller's market. Listen, take what is good, and then move forward. That was my 10 cents worth for last week's offers. Yeah, good, good, great advice and getting very specific there. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. Any other uh, big concerns or challenges you're finding either on the buy side or the list side, Dave? I've got one other. Let me think a little. Will you go ahead on your one? Yeah, so I've been, you know, I just recently had this happen a couple times over like the last weeks, but um, a lot of concern over uh, the wave of the um, – throwing quotes up. You can't see me, but I'm tossing big quotes in the air right now. <laughs> so a lot of questions and concerns around the wave of foreclosures that are coming. Ah, uh, okay. I, yeah. I, I can tell you guys right up front, I've been through foreclosure processes uh, very, very often, and, and I know how the system works, and I can share a little on that. The first thing is... Um, is there going to be anything like it was in the past? Absolutely not. Um, the banks have got systems in place. They're, 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 they're... Hang out, Dave. Hang out, Dave. But wait a minute. I saw some guy on YouTube saying that a wave of foreclosures was coming. Everybody I talked to it's said coming. all these foreclosures are coming, Dave. What are you talking oh, about? Totally. I see, I see this, these fear mongers 
talking, but there's the data doesn't follow. If, if you look at the data and you, and you go to the data companies and you say, okay, so I see all these people in forbearance. So how many of these people have gone from forbearance or missing payments to the next phase by getting a list pendants on the property and getting paperwork from the bank? It's the lowest it's been since 2002. It's the opposite. But the, so what is happening is that the banks and the lenders have been held by this new wall of the government holding and subsidizing and holding this, this wave. When that changes, then there might be a form of release. Is it going to explode like before? No, they're going to release it in, in small amounts because they know that the market is good. Why would they do that if they know if they just do it slowly and keep the thing moving forward and keep selling at the highest and best now? Because remember, they're going to be the seller. Why would they go ahead and do it? It's not realistic. On the other hand, if the market wasn't like it is right now, they would be nervous. Then the, the fear would be realistic because when, when the, the banks release those things, they're going to explode because they want to get their money out before the market dips. That's not going to happen for the next, I'm guessing this time next year, you'll only start to see a little bit of a drift. A serious drift going backward? No, not at the moment. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Obviously, you know, when all of, we talk, we've talked on previous podcasts about, you know, the government with the foreclosure moratoriums, the eviction moratoriums, and all the support that they're giving to the public during this uh, emergency health pandemic crisis. Um, you know, so we'll see some trickling of foreclosures hit the market because of that, where people that have gone into forbearance and have maybe lost their jobs are not able to catch up, Absolutely. right? And then when the, when the time comes... Yes, then those folks will most likely probably go into some foreclosure. Absolutely, and that's that's part of the, that's but, part of normal real estate. Correct. We always have foreclosures. It's just part of the yeah, part absolutely. of it, right? But what you said earlier was that we have historic since two thousand two lows on current foreclosures, Correct. right? So let's say hypothetically. You know, and let's look at the numbers. Let's take the data. So n number of mortgages that are actively in forbearance is actually decreasing significantly. Yes. So at one point it was at, you know, about 4.76 million across. And again, this is a national statistic. And it's been decreasing ever since the end of May um, uh, to now where it's at 3.59 uh, yeah. million. So over a million less than it was back Absolutely. in May. So, and that number continues to trend down and down and down and down at an average of probably about half a million per, per month. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when these eviction moratoriums, which we were given legally by the government 12 months to take advantage of if you needed it, you know, as this continues to go down and down and down and down, it's not really going to come to fruition until April. And even when those folks, you know, perhaps the, you know, 
3.59. Let's say that's, you know, in four months, that's 2.59, mm-hmm. just hypothetically. That comes to fruition. We're so low with foreclosures right now that even if we did have a spike in foreclosures come April or May, we're still going to have a significant nationwide inventory shortage, even with the foreclosures. I absolutely agree. And don't forget as well, when somebody goes into foreclosure, that's not an immediate effect. There's a long process and there's a lot of paperwork that has to be played with going both ways. And that averages on the short side, six months, and sometimes on the long side using past and previous um, transactions in the early 2007s to 12, that can go along as five, 10 years, depending on the situation. So don't expect mm-hmm. these people just to give up. It doesn't always happen that way. Yeah, the other little piece to this puzzle that goes in conjunction, because now we're talking about foreclosures. So A, you need to be in a situation where uh, you're not paying your mortgage for whatever reason. And then the second piece is you, at the end of it, you have to be in a situation to where it's either in your best interest to just go into a foreclosure situation or you can't pay back because maybe you haven't got your job back or maybe it became too overwhelming and you know, there's probably hundreds and thousands of, of, you know, people in the service industry that fall into that category, right? Whether you work at a bar right. or a hotel, you know, on a cruise line, you know, in the airline industries, whatever it is, right? So the other piece to this puzzle is unemployment. And I know we've spoken about this a number of times on previous podcasts, but, You know, when you look at the number of months of unemployment that are greater or equal to 9% in the last over 100 years, the Great Depression was 108 months. The Great Recession, which was that whole 2007 8 to 2012 Mm -hmm. period, was 30 months. The 1980s oil recession in the 80s was 19 months. And then the pandemic of 2020 is four months. So you have Great Depression, 108, recession, 30, recession, 19, and then pandemic, current pandemic, four months. Big difference. Yeah, so unemployment is getting better and better and better as well. I think we've learned as well as a culture how to pivot and and get out get out of what maybe we were doing and, uh, and how we were employed and it's turning quickly and, and companies are reassessing that and things are looking really good. You know, when you look at those numbers and you look at it like that, you're saying four months, oh, the next one's 19 months, the next one's 30 months, the next one's 108. Those are huge differences. Yeah. And uh, even if you look at, you know, unemployment is trending down as well, which is good. It's down to 7.9%. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is way down from where it spiked at in, um, you know, the April, April, March, April, yeah. May period. And then February before the pandemic hit was 3.5%. So we're trending in the right direction. We're not there yet, but we're going in the right direction, which means that, you know, people that were in forbearance or currently are in forbearance are starting to over the months have been getting their work back and getting their jobs back or working from home or whatever the situation right. may be. It's, it's exciting. I think things are really improving. I really feel that. So then, 
Sorry, I apologize. The third stat that I just wanted to show with this is uh, homeowner equity. Okay. Right? So, you know, now, unlike, you know, the periods of 2000, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11, uh, you've got it, the situation's way different. I think people keep, I keep hearing that, hey, I'm going to wait to see what happens. You know, there's going to be a burst like there was in 2008 and 2010. We're going to have this flood of foreclosures, but the data just doesn't Not support it. Not even close, it, right? because you know the the way things are, are are trending today. If I compare, say, two thousand and seven to two thousand and ten, um, well, the majority of those foreclosures were based on, on on without the use of a better word or synonym, bad mortgages, people that were over top on their mortgages mm-hmm. and shouldn't have got mortgages and property that are appraised at numbers that shouldn't have appraised for. So everything was, was, was bad. They, yeah. People were yes. overextended. Absolutely. I remember I had a good friend of mine that probably made about very, very good living at that time. Keep in mind, this is, you know, almost 20 years ago, probably, yeah. you know, well, 15, 20 years ago at this point. Uh, but he was making probably about good living at a hundred grand, which was really good for you know, back then is still really good now. And he had probably about $1.5 million in real estate. Yeah, between quite amazing, houses. right? <laughs> and, mortgaged, they, and they were yeah. all mortgaged. Yeah. Yep. So we don't see that now. Now we also have so many options because the percentage of homeowner equity, um, you know, you have roughly about 42% of the nation owns their house 100% yeah, first time ever i think mhm 17% of the nation has 60 to 99% um equity 40 to 60% of the nation have 12.5% mm. so you know when you go down the under 10% equity across the nation for homeowners is 7.3%. Okay. Is- so those might, those might be the ones that if they don't have their job, they haven't gotten their, their employment back, they're on a long-term forbearance, those would probably be, you know, 7.3% of the nation would probably be where I would say, you know, if a percentage of them hadn't gotten their jobs back, might be the ones that might not have options as far as uh as far as absolutely and and then you and that's a figure that you're looking at that's without a closing cost um or call it a cost to close if you're a seller so now you've got that figure then you add for palm beach on an average you're looking at around about six to eight percent in closing costs of the purchase price now you add that onto that it actually becomes quite scary in, in Broward County, you're probably looking at around about uh, 6 to 7% closing costs. It's a little less on the seller side. But that's a big number. Yep. So for, for everybody that's fearing this whole title, we have a foreclosures and asking themselves, hey, is now a good time to buy? Is it not a good time to buy? Um, you know, sellers, hey, is it a good time to sell? Is it not a good time to sell? You know, we have covered you know, a, a handful of different stats. So, you know, we cover, we covered the 
um, foreclosures and forbearance and how that's trending downwards. We've covered the unemployment and how that's trending downwards. And we've covered some of the biggest recessions and depressions in U.S. history uh, and how many months, uh, you know, people were unemployed over um, 9%. So the last piece of this puzzle that we saw in 2007, 8, 9, 10, 11 was the month's supply of inventory, right? So when we were looking at 2006 through 2008 and then the height in 2010, the market had roughly about 12 months supply of inventory on it. Okay. Right. Whereas now we're about two and a half months in South yep. Florida. So that's the other huge difference that we're not speaking of is this huge amount of inventory that we yeah. had back yep. then, as opposed to a housing shortage no. that we have now. That's the reason why you won't see those foreclosures. They're not, and even when they do come, they're going to come in small bits and the lender's going to hold and clean that house up. Whereas before they were just getting rid of it and there was huge discounts. Now they don't have to, they're going to make money on most of these scenarios. Yep. So that really, that's what I, one thing I wanted to definitely address is, you know, the whole that I've heard, well, am I going to wait until 2021 until the crash happens? You know, the, I don't think we're going to see, uh, you know, this tidal wave that you're seeing in the media and on YouTube and yeah. some other places of foreclosures. It'll be more of a trickle of foreclosures that might bring our inventory from about two and a half months worth of inventory up to about four or five. But that's still a neutral slash absolutely. And, and if that happens, that would would kind of make it even for both sides of the fence, both buyer and seller. But that's not going to happen for a while. Yeah, that's going to be definitely more than twenty twenty one. No doubt. I would about say that. the last quarter of twenty twenty one. You you might might look. And and by the way, we we are looking in our little crystal balls down here in South Florida. So that's what we sing looking out. But you must understand there's, there's some other moving factors that we have no control of. We, we, we have a federal government that can make decisions that alter that direction, which it's done three times with those stimulus packages. I hear there's a fourth one coming uh, in, uh, sometime next year. That might change the direction uh, as well a little bit. It'll slow it down even more. There are things that we have no control of. We've got control of statistics. The analytics tell us one thing. It's yep. sometimes the outside factors that are starting to play up. And, and a strange thing, what you said, Matt, you, uh, you said about these folks that are looking at our, and listening to our podcast. I was, uh, I was amazed for a second. But then I realized when those upticks started taking place. And that's as soon as the stimulus packages came in. Now, what that, yeah, what yeah. that means is stimulus package looks good for us, but it weakens the dollar. So those countries that are now listening to our podcast are listening for a reason because suddenly their buying power has increased. And that's yep. a great thing when you live in South Florida. Because it's one of the mar only marketplaces that we have that you have this influx of people that want to live from other countries down here. And, they, and that is going to start coming back again as soon 
as this inflation keeps going up and the, the value of the dollar drops, which it's been doing now for three months, mm-hmm. change is coming. Yep. So it's a good thing. Yep. Uh, and then one of the last things I just want to share with our listeners and with you, Dave. So uh, we've got some updates on projections of future home prices over the next 12 months, which really takes us through the end of 2021, mm-hmm. right? So, um, you know, we've been talking about some of these adjustments by Fannie Mae and DNAR and Zillow and, you know, all these folks, Freddie Mac, CoreLogic. So they're every single one of them is now in the positive anywhere from a low of positive 1% appreciation through 21, 2021 as a, to- as a whole. That's including the foreclosures that will mm-hmm. probably come uh, up to 6%. Yep. Isn't that, that's good news. Yep. That is really good news. That's a really big yep. number. You know, you're talking 6% in a year for real estate. Appreciation for real estate. Yeah. Yep. So these are the experts, Zellman and Associates, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, the NAR, Zillow, CoreLogic, all saying we're going to be in the positive in 2021, anywhere from yeah. 1% to 6%. And actually one of those guys in that group is what a group called the Mortgage Bankers Association. Now, you've got to know those guys of, are like Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. They are dealing with loans on a daily basis and 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 the low freddie mac is at 2.3 positive and mortgage bankers association which is going to cover majority of the conventional loans out there is looking to see a 3.4 percent increase these are very 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 good signs yeah so i mean just the point that i want to drive home is obviously you know are you going to listen to these experts that get literally paid to run these numbers all of the time and sit there and analyze the economics and the economy to forecast future predictions? Or are you going to listen to the news, which has got you all bent out of shape around the elections, all bent out of shape over the pandemic, which is totally understandable, all like worried about uncertainty and fear of 2021. But the reality is, the truth is attainable by data and laying facts upon facts upon facts. And that's what we're trying to do for everybody. And then obviously knowing that you guys have the common sense to kind of take the data and make your own interpretations with it. But so true. Yep. Terrify or clarify, right? Got yep. it. Yeah. All right. So uh, we talked a little bit about, you know, where we're at where we think we're going. We talked about, you know, some foreclosure activity and what potentially is probably going to happen with that. Um, You know, I'm going to always kind of end our podcast with, you know, what advice would you give to a buyer at this point in time? And then what advice would you give to a seller at this point in time? Right. Let's start with buyers. If you're a buyer and you're ready, willing and able, put your best foot forward. Mm -hmm. Seller. If your, if your exit strategy is, is set correctly and you've got a plan of action moving forward, put your best foot forward and move forward. That's my 10 cents worth. Yep. Yeah, I would say that whether you're on the buyer side or seller side right now, planning is of the yeah. utmost importance. So 
you know, this isn't like, you know, we, we wake up one morning and, you know, husband and wife decides, hey, you know what, let's go buy a house. And they go out shopping because it's got to be really more in depth than that. You know, you've got to go through a plan. What are you looking for? You know, get your ducks in a row, you know, save your money, get with a great mortgage lender, get with a great agent. And, you know, what I'll always ask a buyer is, if we walk into this house today and it's the most amazing thing that you've ever seen and you want to do it and make an offer, are you ready to do it? And if the answer is no, we're not ready yet, then what do we need to do to get to that ready state? Because when you see an amazing house that's decently priced in great condition, uh, chances are it's gone within 24 to 48 hours. From a from a selling standpoint, I would say planning, planning, planning is the same thing. You know, always remember that as a seller, you dictate the terms and conditions. You can always say no if something doesn't work out for you. Uh, but trying to have a plan in place and an exit strategy, you know, if you want to maximize your money, definitely now is the time to do it over probably the next six, 12 months. Um, you know, but having that exit strategy, where are you going to go? What's, you know. What's that look like? How are we going to execute this is of totally, utmost importance. Totally agree with you. 100%. All right, Dave. Any other words of wisdom or anything? Absolutely. That you have have a anybody? wonderful Thanksgiving. We live in one of the most amazing countries in the world. Uh, we've got tons of freedoms. Spend it with your family and enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. And if they want to get in contact with you, where they where can they I would find say you? the best way is probably call or text me. Um, that is the same telephone number, 754-581-5077. And yourself? Okay, cool. Thank you. Uh, I would I would say the same thing. You know, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Um, it's definitely been an interesting and and somewhat crazy 2020, but here we are at the end of it, ready to go into a new year. And, you know, I'm hoping everybody's uh, uh, going to have a prosperous and better 2021 than they did 2020. Uh, and I just wanted to say thank you to everybody that's listening to our show and giving us feedback and support. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. We'd love to hear more of it, uh, more feedback and more ideas around what you want to hear. Uh, and then of course, Uh, You know, there's obviously a lot of uncertainty going on. If you need to contact us for any reason, uh, you know, or you have any questions or any uh, anything's going on in your head, feel free to reach out to Dave or myself. My phone number is 954-295-7540. Or you can reach me at Matt Gelling at Keys, K-E-Y-E-S dot com. If you want to email me, Uh, if you have a trusted real estate advisor already, and you're having some of those questions or fears or uncertainty, absolutely, absolutely reach out. Yeah, to especially now. All right. All right, guys. Yep. Thanks and have a great day. And thanks. You for as well, mate. Have I a great one. Bye bye. Hey, guys, thanks again for joining us for this episode of the South Florida Real Estate Radio Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you got some great information out of it. Please leave us a rating. Please leave us a review. Please leave us some feedback. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. What are your big questions around real estate? 
Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Bye.